0: Hello there and welcome back to The Addicted Austenite, your one-stop podcast for all things Jane Austen. In today's episode, I'm going to be looking at the history of Jane's life and, in particular, uh, her family. Now, I know that back in my episode on The Jane, I talked about the dangers of relying too much on external influences in her historical figures' life and ascribing too much to their influence over her creative talent. But I do think it is important to look at her family and the context that she was living in, um, the influences that did surround her and that might have added to her creative repertoire, as it were. And so we're going to have a look at her parents, at her brothers and sisters and, and about her relationships with them. Because Jane, above all, was a very good observer of people and she used what she saw to help create her characters in her novels. So the people around her are important to her works. So let's start off with her father. George Austen was born in 1731, uh, and sadly he was orphaned at quite a young age, about six years old. Um, But luckily he did have family around him that could help support him. He did go to Oxford University and was ordained as a priest of the Church of England. Luckily he had a second cousin, Thomas Knight remember that name, it will come in again later, Um, who was able to give him the vicarage at Steventon, which became the Austen family home. Once he had moved into his new living situation, George Austen decided that he wanted a wife, and he knew exactly who he wanted to woo, and that was Cassandra Lee. She came from a very wealthy, powerful family with connections going back all the way to Liz I. Um, she was in a much higher social standing than George Austen, um, so she did marry down when she chose Austen. But they did marry for love, and that is a pivotal part of Jane's childhood um, as you will see in her novels, this idea of marrying for love over duty, responsibility, money, uh, and so forth. And by all accounts, Cassandra, now Austin, she really threw herself in to her new life. She didn't seem to begrudge George the fact that she wasn't living in perhaps the comfort that she had grown up with Um she was growing her own potatoes and chasing the chickens and all sorts of things because not only was steventon uh, a church it was also a farm as well and that's where they got some extra income uh, from all of this farming and cassandra austin just threw herself into all of it so george and cassandra were married in 1764 and a year later uh, In 65, their first son, James, was born. The following year, in 66, George was born, their second son. And straight after that, in 67, Edward was born as well. Then they took a little break for a few years. um, And in 1771, uh, Henry, the fourth son, was born. In 1773, Cassandra, the first girl that uh, was born as well. 1774, Francis was born. 1775 was Jane, of course, and then in 1779, Charles, the last child of the Austins, was born. So it was a very big family, and I will look at each of the brothers in turn as well in just a moment. Um, so lots of male influence here, so many brothers, a very very busy house and it was in fact even busier because not only uh, did the Austins run the church and do the farming, they also took in young boys who were trying to get into Oxford University uh, where George Austin had gone and he was teaching them how to get in to Oxford University. So their house became kind of a boarding school almost. So Jane was surrounded by young boys for most of her childhood. And I think that you can really see that in her earlier writing. There's lots of um, humour and topics that have definitely come from the, the boyish influence of young men. So... Um, Not only were her parents very important to Jane's development, um, her siblings, of course, played a vital role. The first son, James, he was actually considered the writer of the family for a very, very long time. He started a magazine with Henry and and Jane used to submit articles to them uh, to put in the magazine. Unfortunately, he didn't pursue a career in writing and he joined the church like his father. When the Austins moved to Bath, he would take over Steventon Rectory. The second son, George Austen. You won't hear a lot about George Austen. It is unfortunately very uncommon for him to actually appear in biographies of Jane Austen's life because George was disabled. Unfortunately, we don't know exactly what it was that was wrong with him. Um, they think it might have been cerebral palsy, um, Down syndrome, maybe all sorts of things. But we do know that Jane learnt finger speak to talk to him, so sign language, basically. Um, so he was definitely ha- he definitely had communication problems. Um, whether or not he was actually deaf, we're not sure, um, but. Unfortunately, a lot of the biographies don't really go into his life. He didn't live with the Austins. They, um, they paid for another family in Steventon to take care of him because they just couldn't cope, unfortunately, and it was just the best option for everyone. So, uh, on to her third brother. This is Edward Austin. Now, Edward was very, very lucky when he was in his teens. Thomas Knight, uh, the second cousin that had given George Austen Steventon rectory, he decided that he was going to adopt one of the Austen boys to give them a better chance um, and more money and things like that. It's a very common occurrence in this time period and does happen to one of... Jane's own heroine's Fanny Price in Mansfield Park um, and Edward moves with the Knight to Godmersham um, in Kent and he becomes very very rich and very well to do and he helps Jane and her family out later on with property and help and things like that so now we move on to henry the fourth austin child he was by all accounts jane's favorite brother she loved him to pieces um he joined the militia to start with um though of course the family were concerned about him going off and actually fighting um but in the end he gave that up he had quite a few jobs over his life um the most prominent i suppose of these other jobs was being a banker he set up his own bank and edward um his older brother did put a lot of money into that bank as well and henry was the one that helped jane with her publishing through his connections as a banker he did know a lot of people in the industry and he was able to help um, send things to publishers and get them seen by the right people and ultimately did help her get her books published. Also Henry is the one that would later marry a um, cousin Eliza who was a, a very wonderful figure and um, she really sort of is a Mary Crawford kind of character from Mansfield Park and Jane adored her. Um, It also is thought that she might have had some influence on the character of Lady Susan in in the novel of the same title. So the next child to be born is is Cassandra, of course, but I'm going to leave her to the end because she is arguably the most important sibling to Jane um, and I want to talk about her a little bit more. Um, so we'll skip straight to Francis, born in 1774, of course. He was Jane's closest brother in age. Um, uh, he is known as the naval brother. And both he and Charles, the, the younger brother, um, both joined the Navy, and they both did remarkably well, uh, both making admiral um, later in life Um one being Admiral of wartime, one being Admiral of Peacetime, um, and that is where Jane learned a lot about the Navy, um, which she then uses for novels like Mansfield Park and for Persuasion as well. So you can see that her family really do sort of help create Jane's characters through their experiences and through the information that she can get from them. I'm not suggesting in any way that any of her brothers were any of the heroes in her novel, for example, as some people might suggest. That's just a little bit weird, I think. Um, But they definitely helped Jane gain an understanding of the world that proved vital to creating such witty and wonderful characters. Now... Coming back to Cassandra, Cassandra and Jane were the only two girls in that family of six brothers and they had just the most deep connection that any sister could ever have had. Um, I've got a little excerpt to read you here um, that was uh, written by their niece Anna He discusses their relationship, and and she says this. Their sisterly affection for each other could hardly be exceeded. This attachment was never interrupted or weakened. They lived in the same home and shared the same bedroom till separated by death. Cassandra's was the colder and calmer disposition. She was always prudent and well-judging with less outward demonstration of feeling and less sunniness of temper than jane possessed cassandra had the merit of having her temper always under command jane had the happiness of a temper that never required to be commanded so you can really see that that they were quite Different in character, but they were really very, very close. They did spend all of their time together. Um, Their their mother once commented that if Cassandra was going to have her head chopped off, Jane would want that the same as well. Um, And if you're looking at it, it seems like a very sort of Eleanor and Marianne relationship uh, from sense and sensibility. The idea that Cassandra was sort of more grown up, a little bit more even-tempered, pragmatic, whereas Jane was a lot more feeling um, and more on the sensibility side of things. Um, but they really, really had a close relationship. Um, it was possibly even sort of closer than, than sisters. I mean, some people look at it and seem to of a tribute a a sort of a mother-daughter relationship to it because obviously Cassandra senior was very very busy with her sons and the other boys um that were learning to get into Oxford so Cassandra and Jane were sort of left to their own devices in a lot of ways and Cassandra sort of took on that role and they were really very very close um right up until she died to show you how much they really did mean to each other, I've got another little quote here that Cassandra wrote to her niece, Fanny, uh, when Jane died. And it is one of the most beautiful things I think anybody could write about anybody else. She says, I have lost a treasure, such a sister, such a friend as never can have been surpassed. She was the son of my life, the gilder of every pleasure, the soother of every sorrow. I had not a thought concealed from her and it is if I, ha- I had lost a part of myself. So you can really see just how deep their connection was. They were in each other's pockets for the entirety of their life. Neither of them married so they spent all of their time with each other and you can really see that coming through in Jane's novels. A lot of her stories are revolving around sisterly connections, whether overt like Eleanor and Marianne, Lizzie and Jane, that sort of thing, or a slightly less obvious like Catherine Morland and Eleanor Tilney in Northanger Abbey. Um, It's a really important part of her work, and arguably Cassandra was the most important person in Jane's life. Um, so you can really see where it helped Jane bring her works to life by working with that relationship she had with her sister and bringing her into a lot of her characters. So it is quite clear to see that Jane's family really did have an impact on her writing and the way that she developed into a writer and the characters that she created and the way that she wrote and um, being very sarcastic and witty and that sort of thing um, obviously the world that she grew up in did have a lot to do with that and her family do play a very big role in her life they were very family orientated they were very loving very caring and That is what made Jane who she was. Next week, I'm going to look into Jane's early years and her development uh, starting to write. Um, But between then, um, you know, of course, that next Thursday is Valentine's Day and Well, as being funny and witty, Jane's novels are known uh, for their romance, so I thought I would... Um, have a little Valentine's Day treat for you uh, on that day. So I have enlisted the help of um, a wonderful actor friend called David Cole and he is going to be doing some readings um, from Jane's novels as part of a Most Romantic Jane Austen competition. He's going to do a reading from each novel and I'm going to give each of those sections a tweet and I want you to listen to them all and vote for which one you think is the most romantic moment from Jane's novels you can vote by liking and retweeting the tweet Uh, and the one with the most, obviously, will win. So, it's just some little um, romantic Valentine's fun for everybody. So, look out for that uh, next Thursday. I'm really excited about it, actually. So, it's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Addicted Us Tonight. I hope you enjoyed it, uh, and I hope that. It helped you to understand the kind of things that gave Jane the character that she had. I'll see you all next week, and in the meantime, happy reading, your faithful servant, the author.